Hey everybody, we're the Con Artists. We're back for another episode. This time we'll be talking about Chihaya Furu. Uh, not sure if you guys have heard of this one, but minor spoiler alert, there's going to be some minor spoilers for this show. If you're super serious or super sensitive to spoilers, uh, just, you know, dodge this until you watch the show. Alrighty, so I love this show, um, and I actually suggested this one to watch with you guys, and there's a funny story surrounding this show. So when I first heard about it, when it was coming out during its core, I read the description of the show, looked at the picture, and said to myself, this is the stupidest thing I have ever seen. Chihaya is obsessed with the card game Karuta, and she wants to play with her friends. And so she starts a club, and I was like, oh my gosh, one of could these shows. Like, c- could this be any more generic? No thank you, pass. So I dodged this pretty hard, and um, and I ended up reading Shelf Life on Anime News Network, and... Um, at the time, Bamboo Dong was the writer, and she had something called The Stream, where she would talk about streaming shows that were either worth it or not worth it. And she just kept bringing up Chihaya Furu. She was like, Chihaya Furu is the best thing ever. Chihaya Furu is the best thing ever. And I was like, I have, I have to know. And so I downloaded it, and I watched it, and ten episodes later, probably in that one day, I was like, this is the best she show right ever. So she was just right all along. Thank you, Bamboo. So uh, I ended up suggesting it to you guys, and uh, I think it just appeals to anybody, and and that's just what makes it so fun. So uh, this is actually a sports show, and this is the first time we're going to be talking about a sports show on our podcast. So Scott, do you want to take us through what normally makes up a sports show? Sure. Now, like in a normal sports show, you get, you know, some character, they're going to, they get into some sport that in most of these shows they're probably unfamiliar with obtain an arch rival, maybe a person or a team, and then they, you know, kind of put a team together and get better at it and eventually uh, defeat, maybe befriend, whatever, their rival and move on towards whatever the great goal of the show is. Uh, I'm being fairly kind here. I honestly don't like sports shows very much. I find them to be pretty boring. Uh, Unless they have have something else going on besides the sports to recommend them. Uh, That said, I I really like this show. I am much the same way. It's uh, it's just not a genre that I have ever particularly had a fondness for. I have found one or two that I liked, but they were definitely the exception, not the rule. Yeah, um, I too am not the biggest fan of sports shows. I think they're all very formulaic, and I think it's very hard to break from that formula because, you know, they all just lend themselves to that general idea, right? This character wants to be good and joins this team and with the power of teamwork and friendship you know they defeat their rival but their rival secretly wants friendship and you know he can't have it because he's just too much of a prodigy to have friendship so it's, it's just too easy to predict and you always know what's gonna happen my goodness Chaharfu is not that show no this is much better than that brendan did you have any yeah, uh, sports shows that you particularly liked i thought you were watching some recently one or more well i am i mean obviously i don't i don't gravitate towards sports shows and i don't think i've seen very many uh i'm i'm still in the middle of watching princess nine about baseball which i am enjoying that's cool i know it's kind of a classic i haven't seen it but it's supposed to be pretty good but in general, yeah, it seems like we're all more or less in agreement that sports shows aren't generally our thing. Right. That being said, yeah. Chihaya Furu, what exactly is it all about? So, like I was saying before, basically this girl named Chihaya learns how to play karuta as a kid. So it turns out a lot of uh, Japanese elementary school kids learn to play karuta because it's a child's game, it's considered a child's game. And uh, it has a little bit of Japanese history involved in it. So basically it's this card game of matching poetry lines. So you lay out your cards and you have the second verse of a really famous Japanese poem on written on these cards. And uh, when the first verse is read by a reader who's pulling them out of a box randomly, you're supposed to use your hand to smack the corresponding card with the second verse on it. So there's a lot of memorization, and like I was saying, it's considered a kid's game until you, I guess, you pursue it competitively and, uh, you know, go for these upper rankings for females known as the queen and for males known as the magine or master. 
So uh, I, I thought it was kind of fascinating that the master for you know men gets a Japanese name, and for the uh, for women it's just the queen yeah, in English. Said, said in English, yeah. So yeah. she's I know she's like queen. Ojo or whatever, it's just queen. Anyway, so Chihaya falls in love with this game. And uh, she's just enamored, like super enamored. So her goal as a child is to see her older sister become a model. That's that's her real life goal, guys. And she ends up becoming friends with the new kid named Arata. And um, he's, he's kind of uh, made fun of all the time. All the kids think he's poor and he's weird. And it turns out he is a Karuto whiz kid. I mean, this kid, like, plays Karuto by himself all the time with a tape of recorded uh, first lines. And, you know, she goes over his house and plays Karuto with him and is only able to take one card from him in the entire game. And so she's like, this is amazing. Um, so she just becomes really close to Arata and uh, she ropes in her good friend Taichi, who's kind of a punk. a punk. Yeah, he, he's a really big punk. Um, and so anyway, Taichi, Arata, and Chihaya, they just form this amazing bond that stems from them playing Karuta as kids. And, uh, you know, they end up playing in a team tournament later, and they just help each other grow. And it all stems from them being involved in Karuta together. So it's it's really amazing. Now, this only lasts for a little while for the first few episodes because not long into that, uh, Arata ends up having to leave. Right, he moves pretty far away and uh, the, the team kind of breaks up. Like, So we got kind of like the foundations of why they like Karata and each other, but then we kind of cut mm. to high school, basically. Uh, where Chihaya is like, you know, I've been playing Karata myself a lot, but I really want to kind of put together a like a club. Would it be cool to play Karata with other people? Uh, she's even kind of lost touch with Tai Chi. So at that point, you know, it sort of feels like it's going to become sort of a traditional club style uh, show, which thankfully it doesn't. But uh, for a while, they've got to figure out how to put together a club and get new members. So that's a focus for a while. Right. So she, of course, you know, recruits Tai Chi. Um, tai Chi also splits off. He's, <laughs> uh, his mother is somewhat of a Nazi, and she wants him to go to the best school ever, forever. Uh, she, is, she is a scary lady. Um, she just constantly puts her son into all these things because she needs him to succeed at everything. And, uh, she ends up forcing him to go to all these different sports and he goes to cram school. And, and so he ends up going to a different middle school than Chihaya does. So, uh, to fulfill his mom's needs for him to be elite. So they end up meeting back in high school, and Chihaya is the same as she's always been. In fact, they call her Beauty in Vain, because she's gorgeous now. She ends up looking like a model, and everyone's just like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty, until she opens her mouth. Like, she's just an absolute airhead. It's hilarious. It, it really is. Uh, so everyone in the show always calls her Beauty in Vain. Yeah, she's very... Very energetic, usually about Karata, uh, like kind of like always face forward optimism, but not, I guess, not so overwhelming that it gets irritating. But she's very yeah. positive. She never quite manages to tip the balance from being she's she's endearing more than she is irritating, but she walks a fine line. So your mileage may vary. Yeah, they do. They do a good job with her. They do a good job with her. She's not like your standard. Yeah, you know, I, I always thought she was pretty well balanced as a character. Mm. All right, so let's get into that a little bit. So I was going to talk about Chihaya. She's an airhead. She's really pretty. Um, I mean, she loves Karuta to death. She thinks about Karuta all the time. She's always just hovering on the verge of failing out of school, just barely making it. Yeah, she doesn't really have any like long term like plans. Like, where's she going to go to college? I don't know. Where's she going to get a job? Job? I want to be like Karuta player. What is? What is Right, it doesn't matter. I just want to be queen. Uh, you can't falter for uh, enthusiasm. Sorry, school. I just like want to be awesome at Karta. So um, Tai Chi is the rich kid. He's well, he super really flaunt smart. It, honestly, like he's he, he's not like you know quote unquote the rich kid character. He doesn't really flaunt his wealth or anything like that. It doesn't show up in limos. The usual nonsense. Yeah, he really doesn't. It's pretty impressive. Nor does he actually ever really use his wealth to. Uh, influence anything yeah like one time he's like well i can afford train tickets anywhere in the country i want to play karate even if the rest of you yeah can. he never like really he never basically buys the team out of a jam no thank goodness right he definitely never uses his wealth to just bail everybody out 
Um, at one point, they do mm. use his house to practice Kanuta. That's true. His house is pretty big. I guess. Uh, oh yeah, I guess like his his main thing in terms of the team is actually not his mm. money, but like his memory is really really good, and he's kind of good at like. Uh, sort of like meta understanding the game. Like he can look at the pattern of cards and say like, all right, what are my percentage chances of getting this? What are my percentage chances of doing that? So we'll kind of come up with strategies based around his absolute memorization and like placement of cards. So that kind of is where yeah. his character comes from more than the And one, of his, big, yeah, and one of his biggest things is being able to immediately know whether a card has already been read, which is called a dead card. Am I right on that one? Yeah, I think, yeah, dead card. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a dead card. Yeah. Yeah, his memory is just extraordinary. So actually, it's played for comedy. Um, he's asked to be a reader. So in the club, they don't have an official reader or anything. People take turns to play the reader so that other people can play. And so he ends up reading the entire deck randomly by memory. Just just sitting there, speaking the poems, first lines of poems, from memory, randomly. And he knows which ones he's already read and which ones he needs to read. And all the characters just look at him at the end and they're like, did you just do that? Did you just recite the entire deck? Yeah, except for Chihaya, who's like, I was too focused to pay attention to that. Yeah, I yeah, know. I think oh, you... Chihaya. Mm-hmm. Hang in there, yeah, I think you missed a fine dead card. Oh, did I? Uh, I think in the game, oh. the, uh, the, all the hundred poems are read, but I th- isn't it that you only have 50 on the oh, board yeah, in any right. given uh, 1v1 uh. match? Right, so if she, uh, re- yes, so if she reads correct, one that like, isn't on the board, and you've that's swiped what a dead like card a means. Okay, um, screwed up. these terms, uh, these terms are all you know brought up throughout the show, so uh, they do end up making sense. I simply cross my wires on that one, but yeah, and they actually do a really good job of explaining the game to people who don't know the game. We'll get more, we'll get more into that later, but you're absolutely right. Thanks for the catch, though, Brendan. Um, Besides that, uh, besides uh, Chiaya and Taichi, who, as we said, they knew each other for a while, uh, now we start getting into uh, more of the new characters. Uh, who's the first one that they try to grab when they are, of course, in the uh, big scramble to get enough people to form a club? Uh, it's this fellow named Nishida, right? Yeah, I think so. The uh, yeah, he's pretty yeah. much you know the fat guy, the guy who eats all the time. Now, and... Nishida's actually a really special character. And um, I really love how Chihaya Furu has this thing where no character is ever a waste of time. So Nishida comes about um, where he's in tennis club and uh, Chihaya's trying to recruit him and she's trying to recruit him because... He was this little boy who used to be in a uh, society that, well, it was a club, like an after-school club, a Karuta society that played in tournaments, and they show him playing in a team tournament with Chihaya, Taichi, and Arata, and they actually end up beating him out. So you think this guy is a throwaway character, but he's not. He comes back. That's him. Hmm. He comes back in high school. So, um, it's that kid all over again, and the way they recruit him, or I should say figure out that he wants to play Karuta, was probably one of the neatest things I've I've ever seen. So, Chihaya ends up stalking him, because, you know, that's Chihaya. She desperately needs his like, Join, join, join! He's like, no, no, no! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Poor guy. He doesn't want to join. And so she ends up stalking him to the tennis club and she's watching him play and she's like, oh, hey, he's really good. And then all of a sudden she starts listening. And um, when Nishida is running back and forth, when a ball is hit on his side of the court, he runs towards it rhythmically, talking himself through a karuta game so basically it's hard for me to describe so the poems are read a special way because of the way how the japanese language works there's actually a timing to it there's a pause timing 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 effect to it and he's running to that rhythm that word rhythm in the way that these cards are read by the reader so basically he's doing tennis the way he learned Karuta as a kid, thusly proving he still really wants to play again. And I was like, dang, show, way to wrap that into something really realistic that just showcases, you know, his love of the game and something that's carried with him just through his mm. life. So it was it was amazing. And 
just really impressive. It's one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, if you want to play an instrument where if you have that beat or that rhythm in your head, it, it, it just starts to come to you naturally. And that's what he's doing. He's he's doing that, even yeah. in tennis. And while he is hesitant at first, you know, eventually Chihaya's, uh, I don't know if badgering is the right word, but yeah, that that's the right word. Badgering. She makes him too self-conscious uh, to continue playing stalking. tennis to it's like crap. Right. She's right. He, he yeah, can't for, she definitely he does can't do forget that. it, and so he ends up uh, joining them. And he is actually quite skilled. He hasn't forgotten. I mean, he may not be. Yeah, he hasn't played in a while, yeah. so his skills are rusty. But he's pretty good. Yeah, he's got. And I think he's like he's one of the, the like other than Chahai, he's probably like the highest ranked uh, member. Like Hart has a number of ranks in it from what C, C, B, and A, I guess. Uh, yeah, okay, Andy was probably like you just started. And yeah, there's also D. He's. I think he's like. What, B-ranked when the show when Yeah, he's like, like B-ranked they... right from the beginning. It's pretty mm. impressive. Yeah, so he's actually the other most talented member of the club. Yeah, he's one of the uh, he's definitely one of their most solid players along with uh, Tai Chi and on a somewhat more unpredictable basis, Chihaya. However, that isn't yeah, right. enough. Those three aren't enough to manage the club, and they need to get their two last uh char- they need to get their two last players in there. And the fourth person that gets onto the team is Kana. Now the show, Kana. the show loves Kana, and for good reason. And I think I'll let uh, Sue explain why. But she is a delight. Kana is just she's so adorable. So in the beginning, when you first meet her, she's in archery club, and she's terrible, like so bad. And you're she's like, just oh, the worst. It's okay. <laughs> oh, it, it's okay, Kana. And so she walks off, and she starts crying, and she's just like, you see. I can't use an arrow to hit a target. I just wanted to wear the Hakama! And so it turns out that she owns a traditional clothing shop. Her mother does. Right, her, her mother owns the traditional clothing shop. And she's, you know, been her around these beautiful garments her whole life. And, you know, these yukatas, these Hakamas. And, and she's always really upset that nobody appreciates them anymore. Um, nobody cares about their you know, their existence and understands them the way she does and values them anymore. Um, I guess I guess for the American people, it'd be like a suit, maybe? Sort of, mm-hmm. but going even hmm. further back than that, it would be like... It'd be like wearing a, t- be like wearing a top hat or something. Top and like, tails but, kind of uh, kind of yeah, deal. Yeah, like, like, like on purpose in everyday life. Yeah. Like, you know, just, just nobody does it. And she's like, man, I wish I lived in a time when people would wear, you know, whatever, top hats yeah. all the time. Okay, so we're talking like Victorian era stuff here. Yeah, more like that, that, yeah. Very traditional garb. You probably see more of this kind of thing in Europe where those sort of traditions go back even farther than in the United States. But uh, right, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's not the kind of thing that you can or would wear every day for most most people but she loves it she loves the she loves the clothing she loves the history she loves the aesthetic but more to the point she knows the poems that karata is based on yes this is really important and uh we're going to talk about her a little more in depth later kana loves the poetry and the history and just everything that goes into Karuta in that respect. And so to her, it's very sad that nobody takes the poems into account anymore. It's it's just like, oh, people memorize the poems, they don't really understand them, and they just smack cards on a mat. There's no appreciation of the history. And um, one of these poems is actually about Chihaya, oddly enough. So when she's recruited, she has this amazing sequence. You know, Chihaya's stalking poor Kana all the time. So she, uh, so Chihaya stalks her stalking. all the way to the uh, traditional clothing store. And um, so she, she goes in there and she sees this beautiful kimono. And uh, it has what looks like a red river with leaves falling. And, uh, Chihaya talks to her and is is looking at this kimono the whole time. And all of a sudden, the kimono, like, goes into this CGI sequence where the, the river comes to life and starts flowing and the leaves are falling. And Chihaya suddenly has this understanding about the meaning of her favorite poem. And so... 
Actually, Chihaya Furu is is on is one of the poems, and it's hmm. something like the Red River runs through it or something. I kind of wish I wrote it down, but th- there's a card that has Chihaya in right, it. Since, since it's her name, like she loves that card. Yeah, since it's her name, it's her card, and she just like loves this card to death, and she's always trying to get it or protect it or whatever in the game. And uh, so she she herself is represented in this poem and feels a protectiveness for it. So anyway, the, the kimono like comes to life and she starts telling Kana that this is what this poem means. And so Kana's like, that that's cool. But then she spins her whole world around by being like, it could be this other idea where it's about suicide. And so, you know, Chihaya thinks it's all about uh, romance and two people secretly meeting and stuff like that. And Kana's like, well, based on the time it was written, it was something like these two lovers couldn't meet each other. And so the river is like a river of blood where they they are committing suicide because they cannot meet one another and and so Chihaya is her mind is just blown and so she sits there with a notebook and she's like let's just talk about all the poems like all of them now yeah which is pretty cool because like for because you really as a player all you need to really know is like the first maybe two to four words of the poem and you basically memorize those and nothing else so like right exactly you may not even know the whole poem you just may know, like, you know, when the when the reader reads this first word or whatever, or these first few words, you hit that card. Mm-hmm. And you don't have any appreciation for the poetry. And she's like, man, I wish people had appreciation for the poetry. Right, because it's, um, it's very, very steeped in Japanese history from all the different eras. And, and so it was cool for us to experience that. As a viewer, we don't ever really get that kind of history for any sports show, you know what I mean? You don't go into, like, the history of, you know, Yawamushi Pedal and, and have a deep appreciation for the history of bicycles, you know? <laughs> um, or, or what is that other one? Um, you know, Kuroke Basketball... And, you know, you, you don't understand where basketball comes from or be like, oh, man, basketball and what are its origins? Like, you're, you're just watching hot dudes shoot basketballs and have teamwork. And so it's so different for what you expect out of a sports show. So I was enamored with the fact that because the game is so steeped in Japanese history, the show made that a prominent feature. So they gave us this character, Kana who is just in love with the poems, and so you as the viewer feel the love she feels. You you get interested the way she is. Yeah, I really liked, uh, you know, when they were having Kana play, and, like, there was a sequence where, like, Kana's playing against another character who introduced uh, Sukomu, and he's like, ah, I've got my good strategy, because I know whenever, like, she sees this card, she knows that, like, the other card was, like, written by the brother of the guy that read the first card, so she'll always look around for that card, and I can strategize based on that. But, like, so, like, the way she plays the game is fundamentally different from everyone else as a result, but it's always cool to know why she's playing it the way she does. Mm-hmm. Right, right, exactly. And at one point it talks about how um, Chihai actually just uses speed and impressive listening to play the game. And um, so she sees, you know, the right card and she smacks it. And Kana actually sees pictures uh, on each different card. So, like, she sees summer when she reads or looks at one of the cards because it was written in the summer. Or she sees spring on the card because she, uh, you know, it was written in the spring. Or she sees Oe Mountain. Actually, that's her card because her last name is Oe, but she'll see the mountain like, or like on the, the card. Kind of the, the interplay of history playing out in front of her every time, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. That's actually a really good description of it. You know, sometimes when she lays out her cards, she has this deep, deep historical meaning. That's right. Like, like, why are you putting your cards in, like, you know, one of the statistically best methods? And she's like, but so-and-so would, like, you know, these poems go together. Right, they just do. right. <laughs> she's like, they're all written in the spring or they're all written in this era. You know, she, she has to group them in that historical way. Yeah, because I think the, the poems range, like, from, what, two or three hundred years apart at, at most, I think. Mm-hmm. So they're from all different periods. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she just brings a she. Long story short, she brings well too late, but she already brings <laughs> uh she brings a very different perspective onto the whole game, and it's one that you don't see in uh in many other shows or really pretty much anywhere else. So it's definitely yeah, uh definitely cool. nice to follow her. 
Then yeah, and I'm glad they did it too because it must have required some serious research on the part of the people writing the show. So right, seriously. Now to a character who's the polar opposite of Kana. Oh my oh, yeah. gosh, Brendan! Why don't you talk us through Sakumo? Um, I, I think uh, Chihaya was originally drawn to Sakumo because he had a reputation for being intelligent. And I believe you're correct. That was probably it. <laughs> She's like, boy, we couldn't hear she's a smart guy. Um. Let's see. I mean, I'll take you up to the part where uh, she actually drags him with his desk all the way from his well, classroom. To be to fair, Dandon, she tries to tempt him with melon bread the oh, first time. Right. He oh, just yeah. doesn't right. take the bribe. She's like, melon bread? And he's like, are you bribing me? And he, she's like, yes, no, no, yes. Like, why, why would you yes, think this works? Are yes. you stupid? Yeah, seriously. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. So Sakumo, he uh, he actually has a history with Taichi a little bit. He not quite. He's got a little bit beef with Taichi. Um, oh well, the only part I remember would that be that they uh, they're competing for top spot in the in the like grades. Yeah, bingo. So um, poor Sakumo works his rear end off. And Taichi is really just kind of, like, naturally gifted. Like, yeah, he does all this stuff, but he's naturally gifted. Yeah, he can kind of coast through school. Now, school, fortunately, plays a much smaller role in this show than it does in a lot of others. But it is occasionally mentioned, and he's very good at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And Sakumo is also very good at it, but he um, he's always stuck in second place. Yeah, but they're even more or less convinced him to join because they're like, hey, you know what? The game requires a lot of mental power to play. It's good at memorization. It will improve your overall ability to memorize. And he's like, you know, those are some good qualities to have. So he, he eventually kind of gets interested in it as a... Exercise. Like a mental exercise, almost. So so please tell us about dragging and desks, Brendan. Well, that's how the, that's how he gets to his first uh, character session is that Shahaya actually grabs his desk with him, like, also grabbed onto it to try to prevent him from being carried off, but she's too strong. <laughs> she actually yeah. really, uh, makes him all the way to the club room, which is in some disused part of the campus, as usual. Uh, and has him, uh, she just has him observed the first time, right? Yeah, she does. He just gets to watch. Yeah, She just kind of parks him there, right? Right, what was he had like some kind of challenge, like... Oh, oh, uh... He asks them to play Karuta by flipping all the cards over. That's right. So um, basically, your like the playing field is flipped so that it's all the greenbacks. The cards have greenbacks, but they have to flip all the cards over, and they have to do it by memorization. And this is actually one of the first times that Taichi beats Chihaya because his memorization mm, is just right. so much more Taichi powerful than hers. Sufficiently impressed uh, enough that eventually Sukumo. they're able to kind of. Sukumo. Sukumo, yeah. He's eventually impressed enough that they able, they're able to convince him to join. Mm -hmm. And he he brings uh, to the team definitely his analytical skills. He is probably the weakest overall player, but he does have a very strong understanding of patterns. So, statistics, yeah. Yeah, right. And that's also explored, too, you know, their first tournament that they go to as a team tournament so I haven't actually mentioned this, but you can play Karuta individually, but you can also play Karuta as a team. And the way a team works is that you need to win a majority so everybody has a separate opponent. So it's teams of five, and uh, everybody gets an opponent. And uh, your team needs to win three of five games all played at the same time. So it's a strategy in the sense that you get to pick the positions of your players, so... Um, so if some for some reason you have stupidly good and you have all A players, but you know it doesn't matter. But our team was made up of two D players and a B player and A player. Um, Nishida's B, yeah. So an A, two Bs, and two Ds, and so they had to split the characters to figure out who sits where. And uh, you know because if you don't strategize properly, you could end up sticking all your great players against um you know the the weaker or the yeah the weaker players on the other team and then your weak people against really strong people and lose out actually our team was in a good position since they had three uh, strong players but the the idea is that if you accidentally put these weak players against the other team's mm -hmm. strong players um 
it, it but they have to do really that by guessing the positions that the win. other teams are gonna. Yes, it's a complete guessing. You don't game. you don't know who where yeah, everyone so is until you actually walk up and sit down. Yeah, yeah, and like or or you can you can pick it based on like you know with the proximity to which people might give your your members encouragement. That's kind of another way of looking at it. And so Excuse you guys, oh, is... or you could use retro fortune time, 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 oh time. Goodness. Let's let's <laughs> let's not <laughs> let's not use that let's system. Explain that system. <laughs> oh my goodness! There's a horrible character named Retro, and I, I don't even know what his real name is. But Chihaya just gives him the, she gives stupid nicknames to everybody on the team, yeah, and uh, just to everybody else too. And so she ends up giving this guy the nickname Retro. Actually, who else does she have? Poor Nishida gets Nikuman-kun or Porky. Um, Sakumo is like Sakue-kun or basically, basically, yeah, translates to like Desk Tomu. I think in Crunchyroll it's translated right, into Desk Tomu. Desk I thought it came before that, though, just because he was always sitting at his desk. I'm pretty sure that was sort of the that was sort of the mean nickname a... the school had for him, but uh, that's true. Oh, okay. She stu- right. she stuck with it until eventually relenting, but that's its own other story. Similarly, I thought but, Retro uh, was referred to that by his uh, teammates as well. Yeah, his teammate. Yeah, all right, you're right. You're right. His teammates actually give him that nickname. My bad. Yeah, so kind of carries it. But Chihaya gives dumb nicknames to everybody. So uh, Retro has this terrifying system. He's he's like this big lanky like beanpole, beanpole. Like, oh yeah, skeletal, skeletal beanpole, beanpole guy of a with man. this horrible drawn face. Um, he's it's just weird. And so he has these cards that have the numbers one through five on it, and uh, they have his face on the other <sighs> side. So it's just so face. awesome. So he's like, it's time for Retro's fortune telling. Kind of, yeah. And so he takes them and he like. He puts, gets on one leg and spins around, and he's like, ah, and then he just throws the cards down, and, uh, you know, that predicts the position of the other team, and what's so horrible is it looks so dumb, and it's terrifyingly <laughs> accurate, like, even his own this teammates are worse. shocked. <laughs> And we don't feel like it's accurate like 80% of the time, and that worries and saddens all of us. <laughs> we don't know how it works. We're just going to trust in it because we don't want it turned against us. <laughs> mm, freaking retro. But yeah. Thank goodness he's only in like a couple episodes. But yeah, he has his methods. Sakomu uses pure number crunching and data from like just watching everyone all the time. And so everyone, ha- like, like we were saying, every one of the uh, various Karate Club members has their own talents and skills, but they're not, like, they're not totally pigeonholed into being the smart dude, the, you know, the fast one, the burly one, whatever it might be. Everyone actually, you know, they cross over and learn from each other, and they support each other in interesting yeah, that ways. Would, that, I think, would be the key. Like, you know, Kana's insights may not necessarily be helpful, but, like, they're really interesting, whereas Desk, you know, Desk Toma there is like, all right, well, I've analyzed the way you play, and, like, based on that, you should be you know, changing your style in this way. So he may be like the worst individual player, but his insights are some of the most helpful for the team at large. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's they do an, you know an interesting way of balancing that and making the team feel like more than just a group of people playing the card game. Right, right exactly. And, and then finally, of the main characters, uh, the protagonists, there is Arata. And even though he had moved away when all of the when he Taichi and Chihaya were still in grade school. He does still influence the story because one of one of Chihaya's motivations, and far from her only one, but one of them is to try and sort of bring him back into the game because she remembers how much he loved it because it was his passion for it that got her into the game in the first place. And so she wants to see him, as I think she sees it, kind of taking his rightful place as, you know, this as this prodigy, which is, you know, accurate because he is, in fact, a prodigy. Like, Taichi is talented. Chihaya runs, but he's also intelligent. Chihaya runs almost entirely off of just innate talent. Although she does get, you know, training throughout the show, kind of. She oh, yeah. improves more than that. Right, but, initi- yeah, but initially, at least, she's pretty much running purely on instinct. She's, oh, a sure. very, she's a very basic player, just one that is very, you know, very good at what they do. Right, exactly. And as, you know, but as she improves, you know, she gains more of an appreciation for strategy and for other aspects of the game. Arata, on the other hand, is just he is both intelligent, has great memorization, impeccable hearing. He is the 
in many ways the ideal Karuta player. And right, good... yeah, definitely. Although he doesn't necessarily yeah. have, well, in the he's not full... he had a lot of speed, but uh, having having dropped it for absolutely a while, like, because he stopped him, so. uh, shortly after um, shortly after leaving uh, Chihaya and Taichi when they were still in grade school. But they reconnect, or Chihaya tries to reconnect with him early on in the show when they're you know grown up and in high school. Yeah, that's and right. And he finds and finds out. Yeah, he has been avoiding it. He hasn't been playing Karuta for years at this point. And while he is, while his talents are still there, he's quite he's quite rusty, and his passion for the game has kind of uh, been stuffed out somewhat. Uh, won't go into too many details because that has a yeah. Lot he's to got a tragedy in his life arc. that you know makes but, Karuta um, painful. But to he do. is because you can see it. You can see it from the get go. That this is the setup that a traditional uh, sports show would follow. He would become either their ace in the hole, or more likely their rival. He would yeah, be the Chihaya's one personal yeah, rival. Chihaya's or Taichi's or someone's. Rival. He would be their goal to defeat. He is so talented and so, frankly, ruthless at the game um, that uh, he would be the one that they all want to beat. But it doesn't happen that way because he lives in an entirely different prefecture. He is, you know, he's miles and miles away, has his own life and his own problems to deal with. And while he does start to sort of get back into the game and they do cross paths uh, fairly often throughout the, I'd say, from maybe the halfway point onward, maybe a little before that, uh, his story is sort of taking its own path. And while it's obvious that these guys are all going to come together eventually, it doesn't play out the way that a traditional sports or uh, competition anime would with him being the big boss. That's not his role. He is more of a support role, kind of inspiring the others and working in the background to kind of, you know, to rekindle his passion and his talents. Right. He also has like an almost almost completely separate, mm. like a little mini plot line going on for him. So yeah, he, they, um, he slowly makes his way back into Karuta, and, and and like, but like you guys were saying, he's not the big Uber rival like you'd think he'd be, because that that would have been his traditional role naturally. Um, um, so I was a little nervous in the beginning when showing you guys this because it is very, very shoujo. Um, a lot of times characters <laughs> are sparkling, like literally sparkling on screen. And uh, there's a very gentle flavor of romance going on. Um, spoilers, Taichi has a crush on Shihaya. Yeah, but boy, gentle is the operative word there. It, like, it's, it's it brought up occasionally, right, it really but it doesn't, doesn't become overpower the focus the plot. at almost any point. Um, it doesn't permeate deep into the show or anything. But um, Shihaya is, of course, aloof as all get out. <laughs> She's so focused She's on Karta, so she focused can't really pay attention. Like, oh, Shihaya. Um Oh my goodness. So there's a lot of teamwork and uh you know people changing each other and I think I think you guys oh, end yeah. up really enjoying it in the end. Yes. I personally just love this show. It's it's just amazing the balance the sh the show really seems to find. It's just every episode <laughs> it um it was so different because every sports show, every episode, you can basically predict, even without retro cards. But um, it's it's just like all the characters are going to play the game and learn the value of friendship. Or in the case of certain, or in the case of certain cl uh, club uh, focused anime, go to the beach, attempt to uh, do whatever oh their club gosh. is about, and then never actually do it. Looking at you, Kaon. Kaon. What have you done, Kaon? To everything. <laughs> yeah, it's just these characters like. Or it's like, yeah, it's a filler episode doing or nothing. Yeah, it's a filler, and they're supposed to learn the value of something, or it's it's just all contrived so that they'll understand teamwork or, or just some nonsense like that. And I remember at certain points they're they're in the tournament, and Sakumo, uh, he's he's really just been sucked into the group now because they needed five to make the club. And he gets really, really angry when they're strategizing uh, where to put everybody. So so in this team tournament where everybody has to sit to play properly to win. Like maximize their chances of winning, kind of. Right, yeah. exactly, to maximize their chances of winning. And then, so I think Nishida mentions yeah. no, that they Nishida. should put him against the A player every time. Basically, it's like a sacrificial lamb. 
so that the A player is given no challenge, but at the same time doesn't go against one of their A players. Because basically, basically all they have is Chihaya. So they're like, all right, he's a guaranteed loss, but at least we distracted one of their A players. So we can focus on the other ones. And of course, Sakumo is just like, you know what? I'm just going to leave. Because, you know, you only brought me here because you needed five. And uh, if he leaves, by the way, uh, what ends up happening is that his game is forfeited. So it's just an auto loss. It doesn't matter anyway, man. Like, I'm an auto loss, so I can just walk away now. And it was really hard to hear, but it made so much sense. You understood Nishida because he's strategizing to make them win. He could have picked better words. Yeah, he's not much of a uh, people person. He could have, but strategically speaking, it's actually right. And it's it's the way it should go to win. So completely objectively, it's the right way to play the game. But just from a personal standpoint, it's degrading, you know? And, and Taichi points that out, and he's like, Listen, everybody has a part to play, even, even Sakumo. So you can sit around, or you can sit out, but be fully aware that you are part of the team, and you're, you're letting the team down. And so I think Sakumo really understands that he's part of the team, and he needs to work with them. And it was just one of my favorite moments coming out of Taichi. You really don't like him in the beginning, especially when he's a kid. He's he's such a punk. He well, picks yeah, on Arata all the nice. time. And um, he is also under a lot of pressure from his mom. He has to succeed. And I mean, that moment is just so psycho. And this is really a moment where it, it, it showed a different side. But, you know, there's a moment, too, where Taichi is talking to his teacher, um... He's the teacher of the Karta Society that Chihaya and Taichi go to. And uh, he's talking to him, and the, the, the doctor's like, Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? And, and Taichi says, You know, I played Karta a little bit in middle school while I was separated from Chihaya, and I just decided that this is absolutely ridiculous. I need to stop playing. And so the sensei goes, Why? Why'd you stop playing? And he goes, Because I could spend my entire youth playing Karuta, and never even come close to being as good as Arata. And it's really important that we balance all these characters out, you know, and, and Taichi is is the uber ace on the team. The other one, I should say, because Chihaya is, is brilliant, but she's also the wild card of the team. She actually passes out <laughs> randomly and, like, desperately eats chocolate randomly. Like, she's so weird. Not someone you want to, not someone you want to hedge all your bets on. Right, exactly. And so Taichi is this controlled, calm, great memory, super intelligent guy. And you really just think he's the best ever. But he knows, he knows deep down he's just not good at this. He's struggle, she's struggling a lot. And, uh, you know, struggles even against Chihaya. So it's, it's really balancing that out. And so these, it was just this heart-stopping moment where, uh, you know, you're watching the characters play Karuta and you're, you're like, oh, this is getting really repetitive and stuff. But I just loved hearing the poems be read every time. I loved the, you know, the contention of the character staring at the cards and getting really tense and just, you know, talking to each other or, like, having to work with all these, all these different strategies and... And uh, there's actually a battle between Taichi and Nishida one time, and they're just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, read read my card, read my card, read my card, please. And uh, it's down to a one-on-one battle, and I, oh my gosh, the tension in this episode, I was, I was gonna pass out, I swear. Uh, like, it was amazing and awesome, and I was like, ah! So they, they always just did something to make the game really interesting and at the same time derived a lot of heart mm. out of these characters, made them all different. I just loved it. Yeah, for me it was, uh, like we've already talked a bit about the, you know, the regular sports anime cliches and this one doesn't really have almost any of those, which is great. Like it really is more about the individual characters and their paths as they kind of learn how to play the game. Uh, more than the kind of traditional build-up to a final conflict against, you know, the the rival character or whatever. Kind of on the same lines, I really like that nobody has what I'm going to call super moves. Yeah. Like, you see this a lot oh, sometimes right, in the, right. the more physical sport anime, but also sometimes in the, you know, the, the board game style stuff, where you know what? 
maybe your characters are just playing Mahjong, and Mahjong is you know kind of a kind of a game where there aren't a lot of special moves or anything based on speed, really. But you know what? They're going to give these characters like all kinds of crazy powers or whatever. Like certain characters could do this or that. And it's like nobody has that in in Shahirafru. Scott, have you too been watching Saki? I have not, but I have heard your tales about it and watched a couple of those clips, and they are. <laughs> they are so uh, bahooties like so many special powers right so like in some of these characters do like you know obviously characters are better than other characters right and they make it plausible they're like oh yeah this character like you know they're just really good at moving their arm fast or this character has better hearing or whatever or you know i mean sometimes i have like you know this character has a special personal card but i can kind of buy that they're just really listening for that one card so it, but this one character is really good plausible. at complaining this one character, yeah, this like one of these characters' powers is being a rules Nazi. Like that's her ability, and she's really good at it. <laughs> right? Yeah, she's um, she's actually pretty impressive at that. Yeah, just um, something about the realism, sure. Scott. I don't want to quick you, cut you off too much, but the the realism is awesome. Actually, at one point, the air conditioning goes out, oh, and yeah. um, all the characters are, are are like dying, and someone's like, "Open a window, they're gonna die." And someone stares at this person and goes, shut up. This game is an intense game of sound, so you cannot mess the game up by in, in, putting in any external sound. And to give you, and to give you just a quick uh, idea of why this is so important, these games can last for a long time. And you're doing these games back to back to back. There is very little break in between. You could be going for a day. You're like on your knees, sort of like perched over the game, we'll right. call the game board. So it's, it's fairly physically demanding. Like certainly, uh, especially see, if you're in Hakama. Like? Oh yeah, the, oh, especially yeah. if you're wearing a full traditional dress, which Kana occasionally insists on. It, yeah. And it is required Kana. for the the very top level matches. Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. Mm-hmm. That's true. If you're if you're uh, competing for queen or maester, Majin, uh, Majin, you're 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 looking fancy. Yep. Uh, what else did I like? I like that they made it feel like they made the game feel real. Like you know, sometimes you'll be watching you know, like a sports anime, and there'll just be a couple clips of people dunking baskets or whatever. And then they'll be like, oh, yeah, the game's over. Like, they always read a real poem in Chirafru. And, like, the card placement in a given match, they use computers uh, fairly intelligently in the show to, like, make sure the placement of the cards is always consistent. At least it seems like it to me. And, I mean, they don't, they don't read every poem for every match, but they always at least have some. And, I mean, it's like, oh, there's 100 poems potentially in the game, and you don't have a lot of overlap. They really... Uh, they really do a very good job with that. On top of that, they have different readers. Like, there's characters who read the, the cards to everybody. And they actually have a bunch of different voice actors, I guess, uh, doing the reading, like, depending on where they're playing that day. I mean, this must have cost them quite a bit to hire people to say the same sentence that other characters had already said just to make it seem more realistic. But they went ahead and did it. And, it, you know, the effort shows. I really liked that. Yeah, that was really awesome. So, um, I know we talked about how Chihaya Furu is very different from other sports anime and you know there's there's this just getting rid of the cliche nonsense but there is a rival which I really really want to talk about so eventually they get to the individual tournaments and um, their team gets knocked out but they can still participate in individual karuta and so Chihaya comes face to face with the current queen a 16 year old girl named Wakamiya Shinobu and this girl is just a monster I mean, she's she's just crazy. She's this tiny little girl, and she's um she's just these piercing blue eyes like Arata. And what I thought was really neat was there's sort of a color scheme they play with with her and Chihaya. So Chihaya is always wearing this shirt from this famous mascot or something called Daddy Bear. And in English, of course. Yeah, Daddy Bear in English, man. And so she's always bathed in this like orange sort of lighting. And, um, you know, orange-colored backgrounds, orangish-yellow or something. Very, uh, very autumnal. Yeah, yeah, that's a great description, Dan. Thank you. Very autumnal. And so they give her that sort of color, and Shinobu has always got this, like, black branches in the background with what appears to be, like, sakura blossoms. And it's just, like, blue, icy blue. It's It's not, like, an angry blue or anything, but it's this just soft blue that's the same color as her eyes so blue and whitish and so she gets this like snow queen motif and it's just really funny we say that because she's got tons of t-shirts that have this other super mascot called snow maru 
And it's just hilarious, because one point, like, Chihaya's like, oh my gosh, she's got a limited edition Snowmaru shirt! Snowmaru is the ultimate mascot! His, like, top knot of power makes him amazing! And, and like, oh my gosh. And so that's actually the first time Chihaya and um, Wakamiya talk to each other. Um, Chihaya fights Wakamiya and he loses to her. And then she she talks to Wakamiya and she's like, I like your snowmaru teacher and and she's like oh you know what snowmaru the, is and they, they bond for a fraction yeah. of a second it is the only time you see shinobu as anything other than an incredibly like focused m- focused murder oh like, yeah, in a morphless yeah. car to beating machines she's just like, so ruthless at this game yeah what I think was most impressive about watching her play is like, in, if in Karate, if a card is red, you can kind of slam all the cards in the general vicinity, and if you hit the right, the right one among them, you get the point. Shinobu makes a point of only hitting the exact card that was red, like so she never slams the cards out of the way, and it's like so much control, so much precision. Like by doing less, she's showing off that she's way more powerful. Yeah, it's just amazing. To just watch the motion of her hand, it's just smooth and precise like a knife. And she'll, like, clip the end, or I guess the edge of a card, and and just with her middle finger, and just BAM! Like, smack it across the room, and that's the only card that flies off from just this giant set of 25 or something. And you're just like, you are, you're are a just whole unreal, different level. Yeah. a whole other plane of play. Yeah. Although Chihaya does find a way to, like, you know, she manages to fight back to a small degree. So, like, there's right, yeah, there. she does. Yeah, but but it's a nice contrast between the two, between the two of them because Chihaya is very much all about the not speed and precision, but speed and energy. So when she takes out a card, she's taking out the entire row and then has to scramble to put everything back where it came from. Right, right. So yeah. it's a nice it's a nice way to distinguish between the two of them beyond just you know, physical appearance. Their play styles are similar, but the results are very different. Right. Yep. That's mm-hmm. true. So, uh, you know, it's it's just amazing to watch her play. And, and she's also hilarious because um, outside of Cotter to Play, she's she's also kind of an airhead. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of funny to watch her. Um, there's no fan service in this show. Mm. Um, and, and people wear different clothes. That's so ex- that's so exciting. So many shirts with so much shirts. English. That was, oh my gosh, so much English. That was my favorite part was watching every episode and trying to see, like w- watching to see what the next English phrase is going to be on somebody's shirt. Yeah, a- like Taichi in particular yeah, loves the English. Yeah, he really does. The English store where he buys all his shirts. <laughs> Hip place to be, man. Yes, yeah, so they all have like their own little fashion thing, which is kind of neat. Like they don't always wear the same shirt. They're almost always wearing a different shirt that still fits their character. So again, good work on the animators in this one high quality throughout right so so yep. dan you had wanted to mention something about the way our characters don't always succeed so i'd i'd found this fascinating so why don't you uh take that away all right uh really it's just that in most sports really this could be almost any anything you know western anime whatever it might be when sports things are brought up and possibly this is just me being ignorant of some of the uh other examples because it's not normally my thing but uh, generally, when someone is, like, super good at all of this, they'll win and win and win and win just constantly, regardless of, you know, regardless of how long they've actually been training. If they're a protagonist, they're going to blitz through up until the point where they hit the rival, the rival's going to crush them, then they're going to come back and rally and plow through to win at the end. And there'll be close calls, but they'll always come out in the end. That is not what happens in this show. These guys, I mean, they do they do well. Like they do very well, especially for an amateur team which has, you know, two, you know, absolute rookies on it and others who are, you know, not at the top of their game by any stretch of the imagination. And they do very well for themselves, but they still get crushed now and again. Even the good ones like Chihaya gets wrecked by uh, by uh, a few different um opponents at different points. And uh, Tai Chi, of course, is, you know, struggling to try and get back onto the top of his game. Right. Uh, He's always as we've just said, on Kana the cusp and, uh, of winning. Like, his yeah, losses are just right. so heartbreaking. Because, yeah. Yeah, poor Tai Chi. He, he, always, he always ends up against opponents that are very similar to him. He always seems to run into the people who are desperate to win. Whereas everyone else, everyone else seems to run into people who, you know, they're obviously they want to win and everything, but they've got their own little quirks. Uh, tai Chi 
runs into people like himself who are just really just they they need that win. There's something driving them that they really need to get it, and he doesn't always he doesn't always make it past them. But because Karata and whatnot, because this whole tournament structure is much looser than a lot of things basically you can't just be there's no single elimination knockout type deals you've got a chance to sort of come back from a bad defeat so they don't these guys aren't really stuck in a situation where a single loss means that the story is over yeah it's they never like, they never write themselves into that kind of a corner it's like because since there's ranks like you can you can play in any of the tournaments that happen throughout the year in an attempt to get better so like you can basically the show is about a lot of those yeah i mean there is the the big tournament to become the queen or the magen at the end or whatever but there's a lot of smaller tournaments all over the place where you're just trying to improve your personal rank. So it's not like the team is going to get knocked right. out. Right. It's not just, you know, right. something that's happening right now. If they want to, they have the chance to qualify for like the East and West tournament. Um, and uh, they, they are trying. Our team is trying to make it to the Eastern qualifier. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, once they get there, uh, they they can make it through that. And then that's where the Majin and Queen would be right. decided. And there's the difference between, you know, the team play and the individual play. So everyone's, you know, everyone's working together as a team to try and, you know, become better, to try and win these tournaments as a group. But they're also trying to improve themselves personally so that they can eventually, hopefully, make it into these, uh, make it into these, you know, into these top ranked uh, final, final challenges where you can hopefully eventually face the... uh, the other candidates for being the queen or the master or whatever you, uh, whatever you are. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just nice to see how it, there's no, there's nothing life or death here. There's no sudden, there's no sudden death in the sense that if you, if we lose a single game, we're out of the tournament forever and the show might as well be over. There's none of that kind <laughs> our of Our school is going to shut, our school is going to sh- shut the club down if we don't win this. Like there's none of that. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's also nice that there's, um, like Scott was saying, there, there's no shonen mm-hmm. power. Like, Chihaya, we're losing. Quick, use your, like, ultimate power of, you know, super hearing. No, go, go, go. It really is, like, almost like for the love of the game in a pretty true sense. Like, it's really because these characters mm-hmm. love this game. It's not like they have to win. Yeah, it's right, because, yeah. The, yeah, and the people making the show, it... It's clear that they love that they love the game enough to really want to do this. Mm-hmm. They're not. Uh, this isn't. This isn't a cash grab opportunity. This is incredibly niche. This is something that people really, really wanted to do, and it shows throughout the show. It, it, yeah, and you know, and by doing niche obvious. really, really well, I think they managed to make it pretty broadly applicable. Like, I don't know if there's mm-hmm. anybody I wouldn't recommend this show to. It's really good. Right, and that's yeah. how I felt too. It was just so exciting to to look at the show and be like, anybody can enjoy the show. All the characters, just the you know, there's there's even a sensei character who's just <laughs> so awesome, and um, just just like you guys were saying, everybody is in this game, Karuto. I mean, for for a different reason. Mm-hmm. Um, there there's Kana who's in it for the love of the poetry. She actually wants to be a reader. Um, that sets her ambition. Yeah, like a professional reader, which is pretty Yeah, neat. yeah, she wants to be a professional reader, which is really interesting that they explore that, you know, for, hopefully it comes up later, too. And, you know, Sakumo has no interest in being a master. He just likes collecting data on what's going on. And uh, so they explore that side of the game. And and so you got Nishida, who, um, he's he's trying to fight something of his own, and Taichi is is really not in it for the masterness. He's he's in it for a fight in himself. You know, he's he's got this this personal yeah, like it plays demon, out in Karuta, and I think it's not about he's Karuta, using Karuta right? almost as a metaphor to fight yeah. it out in himself. And Shihaya, of course, she wants to be the queen. She wants luck, to honey. be the queen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, just uh, before we wrap this up completely, uh, we should say that. Shihayafuru has two seasons. It's still just two, right? Right. Right. Yeah. We're just talking about season one yeah. here. So, so see, we're all we're only going into season one. Uh, several of us haven't seen season two. Uh, and one, not really flaw, but one thing just to be warned about is going into this. A lot of season one, uh, especially towards the end, feels like setup to season two. Uh, it's not. It doesn't detract from it, but 
it there are things that are introduced, characters that don't necessarily really feel like they get their arcs completed, but uh, they lead really nicely into uh, into the continuation of the story, and it really feels like in season two we'll start to get some of that conclusion. We will see how that turns out, uh, so we won't say anything about that yeah, for now. Can, but uh, if it, you so. Looking forward to it. That's true. Yeah, it was good. Like yeah. they set it up well, certainly. Precisely. So, if anyone, uh, if anyone out there does decide to uh, watch season one, or if you've seen uh, season one, we can definitely say that we're looking forward to uh, the second half of this whole mm. affair. Yeah, it was super awesome. So, all right, everyone, thanks a lot for listening. Um, we really hope you check out this show. Please do. So, tune in next time.